Amen. If you got your Bibles, go with me to Luke 15. Luke 15. Amen. Hallelujah. It's so good to see everybody. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Amen. Let's pray real quick for Margaret. I don't know if she was not feeling well, but uh, Diane said she was uh, mentioned something about her balance and stuff. So let's pray real quick for that. Father, in Jesus' name, we just pray for uh, Margaret, Lord. We just pray, God, that you would touch her and James, and Lord, that everything is okay. Lord, that you would just touch her body, Father, that you would just make her well. And Lord, that everything would be good in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we love you. We love our people. We want our people to be here, God, and we miss people when they're not in this place. So God, just touch her body and heal her, Father. And Lord, I just pray that you would just move mightily, God, in this service, God, and that you would just continue to move sovereignly over us today, Father. We give you the praise and the honor and the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you this morning about outside looking in. Outside looking in. And I want to, uh, or being on the outside and looking in on the inside. If you got your Bibles, Luke 15, it's good to see folks. Good to see folks I haven't seen in a while. Good to see you, brother. Good to see folks. And glad you're here and glad you're uh, able to be here today. And uh, Luke 15, again, if you got your Bibles last week, want to kind of continue in on something that the Lord was speaking to us last week about uh, the joy in our hearts. And I know God moved mightily and people were, uh, all of us were saying that we needed last week. And I think we need that again. And I can tell it spilled over to your worship this morning. But I believe there's a few more in here that are not, uh, you, 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 you haven't come to the party yet. You haven't come to the party yet, and there's a, there's a party, and there's a party for you, and there's a feast for you, and uh, some of you are, have not entered into that, or some maybe entered in last week, but you're not there today, and, uh, there, there, there's, uh, and you're on the outside looking in, and you'll know where I'm going with this in just a moment, but uh, Luke 15, I, I won't read the whole chapter, but most of you know, I hope you know the story of the prodigal son. And uh, I, I tell you, this is one of the most uh, popular uh, parables to preach in all the Scripture. I think one of the most is this Luke 15 chapter. I know for me personally, I, I, I have preached this probably out of most places. Uh, if I've ever preached something over and over, it's been this story. And I keep thinking that I'll get to the bottom of it and exhaust it. And man, I, I just can't. I preached it so often from the, uh, the son, the, the, the prodigal who went away from his perspective. And most of the time I've preached it from that perspective. Occasionally I've preached it from the father's perspective. But today we're going to look at it from the elder brother's perspective. And I think you're going to find your, that most of us are going to fall, whether you believe it or not, into this this brother right here, and, uh, and, and there's something that God wants to speak to us in this place. So the prodigal son, if you remember the story, we'll just recap it. You can go home and read about it in Luke chapter 15, but the prodigal son, if you'll remember, he, uh, he, 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 was, uh, uh, he had a wealthy father, and his father, he asked the father if he could have his inheritance. He wanted his inheritance now. 
and the father uh, agreed to give it to him. The Bible says he, he split the inheritance out and he began to give it to him. And the Bible tells us that he takes that, uh, that inheritance and that money and he goes off into another country and he begins to live foolishly, riotously there. He begins to spend his money on harlots. He begins to spend his money on God knows what, drugs, alcohol, who knows what all things he began to spend his money on, going to bars, pleasure, anything that he wanted to do. Uh, that's what he began to spend his money. But eventually he runs out like any good uh, worldly party. The, 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 eventually the good time runs out and he ran out, of, he ran out of money. And what happens in the world when you run out of money? You run out of friends. Come on. You run out of friends. All of a sudden, those who loved you and loved you while the money was raining out there, now they don't want to be with you anymore, right? And so uh, he's left destitute. And, and, and worse than any Jewish boy could ever find himself, he finds himself working for a guy with pigs, and, which is the most detestable thing for a Jew. And then he also finds himself so poor and destitute that he finds himself eating the husk, eating the very food that the pigs eat. That's where he finds himself at such a detestable place. And he recognizes in that place, he begins to remember my father. He says, he begins to think about his father and he says, man, my father's servants don't even live like this. He's, he's thinking, I know that my father, he, he, they don't even eat like this. So I'm going to get up and I'm going to go back to my father and I'm going to ask him if I can be like one of the hired help in his house because at least he, he takes better care of them than I'm being taken care of right now. And my sure my friends sure aren't around. And so all of a sudden, he, he's destitute. He remembers the father. He remembers the father has plenty, but he's far off. So he gets himself up. He begins to go take this far journey back to the heart of the father. And when he comes home to the father, the Bible says that the, the he heads home. And when the father sees him, he's looking for him. And whenever the, wherever he gets almost home, there where he can see him coming around the corner or the bend there, all of a sudden the father runs to him with love. He runs to him for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And this father runs to him and he falls upon the son. The son begins to confess his sin. I've sinned too grievously of a sin. And he begins to confess his sin and the father says, hush, hush, I already know that. And he begins to fall in his neck. He kisses his neck. He doesn't care how filthy he is. He doesn't care how dirty. He doesn't care about the pig slop on him. He begins to kiss him. He begins to embrace him just in that like he is. He begins to then call for the servants. Hey, servants, go into the house and get the ring. Get First, get, get a robe. This guy's filthy. Take those rags of uh, filthiness off of him and put the best robe we have in the house on him. Put the robe of righteousness down upon him. And then he says, hey, and get, get a ring, my signet ring of authority. He has authority now. If he wants something now, he can ask in my name and I'll give it to him. Amen. He carries my name and he carries the authority behind that name. Like when I was little and we had, we used to stay at, uh, at Smith Camp at the River, Kelly. And you remember, I mean, I, I, I took advantage. I was probably like that guy. And I mean, if I wanted something at, at, at Willard's store, that's the store, the only store down the road, I'd, I'd drive the boat around there and I'd get gas and I'd yell up there, put it on my dad's tab. And they would. And dad paid it. 
And that's the same thing, this, this ring he begins to put upon this son who has nothing. And then he says, bring some shoes and put them on his feet. We're going to walk some places together. We're going to walk some new places together through this world. And I'm going to spread my love through him. And all of a sudden, and then he's not done yet. He says, and hey, get the fatted calf and kill it. Put it on the table with the best spread that you can get. Strike up the band. Get the orchestra or the band out. And we are going to have a party. And some of what we were doing a while ago bothers some of you. Because your doctrine back in the day said you can't have fun in God. Or you can't do this or you can't do that. But all of a sudden he yells in there, strike up the band. Because my son who is dead is now alive. And we're going to have a party. And he says, hit it one time. And the band goes. And they begin to dance. And they begin to celebrate. And they begin to make merriment. Mirth, it's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord because a sinner has come home. And they begin to have a feast. Well, the other brother has been working in the field real hard. He's faithful. He's obedient. Man, he studies his Bible hard. He prays. He preaches every Sunday to a crowd. What do I hear? What's all that? Woohoo! What's all that celebrating I hear? What, what's going on? And all of a sudden, he looks inside the window. He's on the outside looking in. And he begins to become furious. He asks the servant, What's going on here? He says, oh, didn't you hear? Your brother came home. Your brother that was lost, he came home. And he said, the father is so thrilled. He, is, he, he, put, a, he put his best robe on him. He put a ring on him. He put shoes on his feet. He's got a party going on in the house. There's feasting. There's dancing. They're celebrating. And what happened? He got angry. Like some of you get when you see somebody dancing in the aisle. He got angry. He got, he, he got aggravated. He got mad. And the Bible says, the Bible says that all of a sudden he hears this. And what is happening? Your wayward brother has come home. He's in the window looking. He's in the outside looking in. And what does the Bible say about the Father? Your Father in heaven is so amazing. In verse 28, it says that the Father came outside once again. Not only for just the prodigal brother, but now he's coming out for the elder brother. And look at what it says in verse 28. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. He entreated him, please come in. Come into the party. Come in and let's celebrate. Come into the joy of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. We won't be quiet. No, we won't be. You sing it, but when we do it in here, you get aggravated. You sing it in your car. Father comes out a second time. The boy's angry. He's looking at the father with despair. The father says, come and be glad with us. Come on in and be glad with us. Come on. And he says, no, never. Never. 
No way. That, that rascal took our inheritance out there and made a mockery of us. He spent all of the Father's inheritance out there, and you want me to forgive him just like that? You, you mean to tell me? Are you kidding me? He shamed our family? And now he comes home and you want me to forgive him? I'm not going in. He said, there's no party for me. Where's my party? I never hurt you, Father. I never wandered away from you. I've been obedient here, working, working constantly, teaching Sunday school, doing sermons, doing outreach stuff. Straightening pews, cleaning bathrooms. I've been doing all this stuff, working in your field. You never once talked about me. You never once embraced me like you just embraced him. You never once killed a fatted calf for me. You never once threw a party. There's been no feasting, no dancing. And scholars will tell you this, but I'm going to tell you, I think it's a little bit different than what they say. They call him an insensitive hypocrite. They say he labored for his father out of duty and not love. They call him proud, jealous, and evil-minded brother who lacks compassion. But I beg to differ. It says that the brother was faithful. It said he was obedient. It said he never hurt his father. In the Bible, those words describe faithfulness. And I believe here is why he is angry. Because he's seeing something that he wanted in life that he could not obtain in that boy. He's seeing something going on in that house that he secretly desires. He secretly desires to rest. He secretly desires the joy of the Lord. But he's working. He's out working. And he, he just can't understand the Father's love. He can't appropriate it to his life like he needs to. He understands forgiveness somewhat and love somewhat. But he just can't appropriate it and bring it to the place where there's no guilt. There's no condemnation. There's no all of these other things weighing upon him. It's constantly back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And he secretly looks looking in the outside, looking in. And the reason he's really angry is he's saying, I really wish I had that. I wish I had the joy he has. I wish I had the peace he has. I wish, I wish I had a party rather than all this. I wish I could enter into the joy of the Lord. And something he was never able to appropriate is the love of the Father. And it represents the Christians who say this. It represents those who say, well, I really just don't need too much from the Lord. And I've been there. I thought it was really humble not to ask God for something. Or I was fearful if I really ask Him for a big thing, He's going to disappoint me one more time and I'm not going to get it. And so there's no need to even pray or ask Him for it. On the outside looking in. And, 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 and he thinks he's humble by not asking for too much. I'll work and I'll be there for the Father and I'll do all these things. But I'm not really, I, I don't know about really asking for joy and peace and rest and, and, and just having fun in the, in, 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 with the Lord. I don't know if, if I, 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 I'd rather sound humble and have false humility and just say, well, I really can do with all, out, all of that. While he's watching the brother get everything he longed for. <laughs> everything he longed for. 
He's watching that brother now. That brother has peace. That brother has joy. That brother has righteousness. That brother has forgiveness. Uh, that brother has the love of God. He's not worried about the father's love. He has the father's love appropriated. He is dancing. He is making merriment. The father is singing over him. The father is rejoicing over him. The father's not expecting one thing from this son. This son has blown everything out there. And this father, yet this son comes home and he's receiving the lavish love of God from this from this father it's unbelievable what great love the father has lavished upon us that we should be called the children of God and, and, and he sees that and it hurts him too much what he's seeing and it angers him his brother's getting everything he longed for. And, and, and his brother, he, he labored all the time without knowing the father's heart and what the father really wanted to give him. Can I tell you something here today? God has so much more he wants to give you than most of our long faces believe. Some of you, I see worry all over your face right now. Do you know God wants to erase that worry and give you peace? Some of you have fear and anxiety. Every time I hear from you or every time I see you, do you know God doesn't want you to have that fear and that anxiety in your heart? Some of you are so worried about your salvation. Up and down, up and down, up and down. Do you know God wants you to be absolutely assured that you are saved, sanctified, filled with the Spirit, and going to heaven? Unmerited forgiveness is what this young son is, in, is enjoying. Unmerited love. That's what he is experiencing. That absolute forgiveness. A robe uh, uh, covering everything. A ring, a party. And he never labored for it. He's just in there receiving all of these things. And, you see, and here's the son saying, I've never received a feast like that. And if the father would say, look out into the Look at my cattle. Look out into my field. Do you not see? See all of those cattle out there? They're yours. No, they're yours. That peace is yours. That joy is yours. That mercy is yours. That forgiveness is yours. But you're on the outside looking in bitter and angry. You've never come to thrill my heart by asking. You've never come to thrill my heart by asking. Ask big. Ask big. No, you ask small because you got a small God. Ask big. You got a really big God. You've made God so small because you don't believe God would answer the great desire of your heart. He wants to answer the great desires of your heart. Hallelujah. He's looking in the window and he's saying, I've never felt loved or thought that my father was proud of me. And some of you feel like, like that. You see other people receiving the joy of the Lord. You see other people receiving all of these things. And you, you're thinking, once I would like for God, I'd like to have that. Once I'd like to experience that. Once I'd like to have that kind of joy. Once I'd have, like to have that kind of Once I'd like to not fear like so-and-so does. I'd like to have that. You can have it. Ask. Ask the Father. He wants to give you a party. See the cattle out there? I have all the cattle on a thousand hills. They're mine. 
Ask for it. Ask for it. He wants to give it to you. I feel just resistance to that. Ask for it. I'm getting it from some, but some of you just, I can feel it just like a fall. I can feel the words of uh, fall into the ground. Like I'll, I'll just stay out here in my bitterness looking out in the window. I'll just stay here in my misery. He's faithful. The older brother's faithful. He, 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 but he doesn't, he's not enjoying the fullness of the acceptance and forgiveness that is his. And multitudes have been faithful here. You've been faithful. This church, I think we're a faithful group of people here. That, that multitudes of us have been faithful. We work, we pray, we fast. But yet, often we never enter into the joy of the Father's unmerited love and forgiveness that he has for us. We're always living in guilt, fear, condemnation, and never enjoy ourselves because there's always fear of the wrath of God that's coming down upon us. And God wants to bring us out of that place where we're like the sun inside the house. We're, we're merry, we're dancing, we're, we're, we're celebrating the love of God and the mercy of God and the freedom of God and the kindness of God that leads men to repentance. Yeah. David Wilkerson used to say about Nicky Cruz, a Mau Mau gang leader, he said when, they started, when he started seeing the move that he began to see out there in New York and on Broadway when he began to see all these drug addicts and prostitutes and pimps all coming in and getting saved. He said, he said after two weeks of being saved, they would come in and he said they were dancing in the services and he said they were just, they were all of a sudden they were getting revelations from Jesus that he had never gotten before. And he said, I began to be on the outside looking in. He said, I began to get jealous. I began, he said, I began to get angry and say, God, he said, I'm the one out here. I've been working. I've been studying in your word I've been fasting and praying over messages and yet Nikki comes in here in just a moment and in two weeks he's inside the house and he's there dancing and celebrating and singing and you're giving him revelations for nothing like he's never like I've never seen before it's yes <laughs> amen amen and it's it's just I've been there I've been there. I've been in this little church for 20, 20 something years. Martha, I was downplaying it. And Martha said, No, you don't take a year off of it. 23 years we've been here laboring, and we've seen ups and downs, and we've seen people come and go. And, and, then, and then somebody, and, and I'm working in the field, and, I, and I'm doing all these things. And then they build a church down the road, and all of a sudden, they're, they're, within the days, a thousand people are coming into that church, and I'm down, and I'm on the outside looking in, and I'm pouting, and, I, and, I, and I, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm despair and I'm just looking inside from the outside in thinking all of a sudden what's wrong with me and, and, and what's happening and why is this taking place and what's going on and folks we all go through with that but here's the thing that God's bringing me to a place in my walk the last few weeks is where I'm coming to a place where I'm going to be utterly honest with God and I think some of you need to be utterly honest with God and just simply say this God I'm not happy And that's what we talked about last week. God, I'm quite miserable right now. I'm not happy. 
Everybody around me is laughing. Everybody around me is dancing. Everybody around me, uh, all these things are going on. I don't feel like I'm growing in the Lord. I don't feel like uh, that there's joy and victory in my soul. I know I'm forgiven, but I'm missing something. There's something that seems to be missing. I'm missing the joy. I'm missing enjoying your presence. I'm missing enjoying you. I'm missing enjoying Bible reading anymore. I'm missing enjoying coming to church. I want peace. I want joy. I want fulfillment. I see others having it, but why not me, God? And here's what the father says. The father reaches out to his elder son and said, you have always been with me. And look at what he says in verse 31. And he said to him, son, you are always with me and all that I have is yours. Do I? Yeah. You've been with me the whole time. And all that I have is yours. Do you understand that everything that Jesus Christ went to the cross for? Do you understand that everything your older brother, your brother, the only begotten of the Father, he is real flesh and blood of the Father. You are adopted in. You have been grafted in. You're adopted in, the Bible says. And all of a sudden, God has adopted you in. And your elder brother, your older brother, Jesus, he's the real deal, folks. He got the inheritance. Everything he got from the Father through the cross, he he now says, you are an heir and a joint heir with him. So what is mine is yours. I have peace. I have joy. I have righteousness. I have mercy. I have forgiveness. I have sweetness. I have all the treasures of heaven available to me. And you are a joint heir with me. So if you'll ask, I'll give them to you. It's kind of a loving rebuke and challenge to, of the father in response to the son. It's been here all the time. Everything I have is yours. Listen to this. Which is the worst sin? Misappropriating the wealth of the father like the prodigal or not appropriating it? Because of ignorance or sloth like the older brother. Now let me say that again. Which is the worst sin? Because we always beat the... Beat the prodigal guy up. Which is the worst sin? We don't beat, beat the church guy up. Which is the worst sin? The, 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 the fact that misappropriating the wealth, give me my inheritance and let me go waste it, or not appropriating the wealth that was yours to begin with all along because of ignorance or sloth. And I would say in most of our cases, it's because of ignorance. Most people never appropriate the riches of God in Christ because we are ignorant of it. And, and, and we're not appropriating it by faith. Everything that God has entrusted to Christ, there is another brother. There's another brother. There's another brother besides these two brothers. It's the elder brother. And it's Jesus Christ, our brother. And he is a brother uh, that, that, that sticks close to us. And we are adopted into the riches of God. And he gave all of his riches to his own son, like I said. And now he's made you joint heirs. And the riches he is referring to, listen. Listen, here's where we missed it for the last several years. It's not a Mercedes. It's not a big house. 
It's not health, wealth, and prosperity like we preached and taught. How do I know that? You say, well, let me just try it. No, I'll tell you how I know it because you've got enough testimonies all over the television to show that everybody that receives that, it doesn't do anything for them, right? You've got train wrecks everywhere in Hollywood and everywhere. It doesn't hold their life together. They're on drugs. They're, 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 they're on uh, all kinds of things. They're divorced. Uh, all of these things taking place. And folks, because, because that's not the riches he's talking about here in Christ. The riches that he is talking about here in Christ are, are those things that, that are righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God does not come with physical appearance, but it comes through righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Some of you need a Holy Ghost party. You need to throw yourself a Holy Ghost party and allow the Father to throw you one and allow yourself to to enjoy the presence of the Lord. There There is joy in the presence of the Lord. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. This joy that I have, The world didn't give it to me, this joy that I have. The world didn't give it to me, the world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. Psalms 31, 19. Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear you, which you have wrought for those who trust in you before the sons of men. That word laid up means hoarded. He has hoarded things, not for himself. He has hoarded it for you. He has hoarded it for me. He has these things there for us, folks. Oh my, some of your faces are so long. Dear Jesus, give them a holy face, goes facelift in their heart. Dear Jesus, cause them to believe what's being preached here today and cause it to take place in their heart. My goodness, it affects the world around us. It affects your children. Your testimony, your advertisement for Jesus. It's okay to be a, look, we have things that go on. We get down, we go through trials. I've been going through them myself. But folks, there's something wrong when a Christian's been walking around in gloom and doom and despair for 30 years, 20 years, 10 years, 5 years. It's a poor advertisement and it's affecting people more than you know. And it's driving them away from Jesus rather than drawing them to Jesus. Because the world's got enough misery out here. You think they want more when they come inside here? Everything in sending Jesus to attain what he obtained is ours. And we live so far beneath that privilege. The Father said, all is yours. And you know what this elder brother's thinking? Yeah, when you die. And he said, no, look out in the field right now. It's yours right now. It's yours, folks. Like the name it, claim it. They got that all wrong because they named it and claimed it on things to, 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 for their own lust. But let me tell you something. I don't want to wait till I get to heaven to have peace. I don't want to wait till I get to heaven to have joy. I want to name and claim some of that right now. I want heaven here, and I want to take it with me when I go. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I've been living beneath my privilege. I've been, woo, it's me, and my face down, and, and looking inside, from the outside looking in for way too long. And the Father says, no, it's not when you die. It's the same thing he told to Martha and Mary. He said, Martha and Mary, yeah, I know my brother will rise again at the resurrection. No, you don't get it. You don't have to wait till the resurrection. The resurrection is here. I'm fixing to raise him up out of the grave now. No, you don't have to wait some far off time because you're afraid to ask for it. No, I'm fixing to raise him up out of the grave right now because I have the power to do that. Jesus said all things are yours. Paul said all things are yours. Victory, power, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. I don't want to wait for it. He says it's ours. Claim it. I want to feast. I want my heart to dance. That's what you got. Look, some of you, I know you're not going to get out there and do this. You're not going to shout. That's okay. You know what? I know some of you, I can see it. You're, you're just there. You're kind of stoic and all that. But there's, your heart is dancing on the inside. Your heart is dancing on the inside. I'm telling you, I know. But then others, I know your heart is dead on the inside. Your heart is weighed down with dissipation, the cares of life, with stress and anxiety and worry because you haven't gone to the Father and said, those cows out there, that peace cow, I want it. That joy cow out there, I want it, Father. I want to party in my name right now. And I'm not leaving this prayer closet until I get it. Until I have confidence you're not mad at me. Until I have confidence that I'm not going to lose my salvation. Until I have confidence that, 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 that I'm not afraid of you. That I, that I can come boldly before the throne of God and petition you and ask for what I need. Until I know that the blood of Jesus, which is the greatest rich that you could ever get, is all mine. That it's mine. That the blood of Jesus through the Son is mine. And I want to dance in the Holy Ghost. And I want to feast. And I don't want to live in fear and guilt and condemnation and I say no devil no more no more no more every promise in this book is mine one thing David Wilkerson used to say is he used to go through this book and he said every promise every promise he would come to he would write beside it mine 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 every promise in the book is ours folks it's yours mine Hallelujah. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Mine. Peace. Mine. Hallelujah. Salvation. Mine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, how long are you going to stand outside looking in? The Bible says the flesh wars against the spirit. And the spirit against the flesh. Trying to determine which one's stronger. I got news for you. The Holy Ghost is stronger. The Spirit of God within you is stronger. And as the power, Satan is trying to rob you. He's trying to rob you of all of these things. But the Christ in you is greater. Greater is He that is in us than he that is in the world. So rise up above it now and lay hold of the promises of God. They belong to you. Listen, the Jesus movement and other movements broke out a long time ago. And here's what happens. You know what happens? Uh, the, the churches a lot of times get stale and dry and dead. And guess what? 
something happens. They were out in California and New York and other places, and there began to be a sound that kind of came forth, a sound. New songs began to be sung. And all of a sudden, these hippies and all these people began to go out into these tents and out into these places. And all of a sudden, while the churches were just drying up and miserable and prudish and boy, how dare, oh, they, that, that's wicked and that's this and that's that. And they're just dying inside. They're on the outside looking in and God is moving and all of a sudden young people while, the, while they begin to sing these songs uh, they're, 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 the love of God is being seen and the testimonies of God are going up and people just begin to flood the altar and there begins to be this new dance and this new song and this joy that rises up and that's often what we see with revivals going on hallelujah such a sound of joy going on. All these new believers who were on drugs and shooting up heroin and now they've come to Christ and they've received the love of God and they're dancing and they're celebrating and they're weeping and they're, and they're laughing and they're playing their acoustic guitars and they're baptizing. All this is taking place out there and all of a sudden the joy of the Lord and we find a lot of times the church on the outside looking in. We've been working. We've been putting in our programs into place. We've been singing every Sunday. We've been preaching our messages. And you never give us a feast. And they're out there and all they know, they don't have to know a lot of doctrine. All they know is their sins are forgiven. I'm forgiven. I'm accepted by this God. I'm merry in my heart. And like Nana, we all all be saying, oh God, I want this. Because I'm on the outside looking in. I want it. There should never be a time we come into this room without joy. When we can go in the prayer closet and say, God, I'm not going to church today until I have this love appropriated, until I have this joy appropriated, so I can come into your house with singing and dancing and merriment. I want to enjoy Jesus. I want to enjoy my relationship with Jesus. So you say, okay, Brad, and I'm about to close. Three quick things. So you say, okay, Brad, I'm with you. I'm with you. Enough convincing. How do I get it? Matthew 7, 7. You ready? Ask. Ask. No, I know some of you don't pray anymore because you've been too disappointed. You can't even shuffle your feet into the prayer closet anymore. I get it. Ask. And it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone... No, come on, I feel dead. I feel dead. Everyone who asks, receives. It's not up there, I'm sorry. Everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who asks, receives. No, everyone who asks, receives. How much more do you need to convince? That's, these are Jesus' words. If you don't believe me, believe Him. 
Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who if a son asks for bread will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish will give him a serpent? If then if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask? Do you think having a tormented, hellish mind, God, your good Father in heaven wants you to have that? Do you think that? What good father? I wouldn't, want, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Much less if I knew these two guys right here were, were having those types of mental thoughts and they wouldn't come and say, Dad, help me. If I had the power to give them what they needed? Yeah. Yeah. Ask, seek, knock. The good things, everything that is in Christ, everything that is in Christ, He wants to give you. He wants those are the good things. The elder son said, you gave me no fatted calf. And his father was not a tightwad. The father could say, look over in those hills. Those are yours. And that's what the father in heaven is saying. All the riches of Jesus Christ are yours for the asking. I see it, Lord. I'm asking for deeper walk, deeper joy. And here's what I feel you saying, because I see it all over your faces. I've asked, and he hasn't given it to me. Let me give you three things that must happen in order to have it. Okay? Number one. He said, ask, seek, and you shall find. But what are we told to seek? You ready? Yeah, we're told to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And then, and then, all these other things will be added there unto you. He says, don't focus on your own needs like the Gentile people do, but begin to focus on the kingdom of God. Because you are a New Jerusalem type person and you receive from the Father the things that are kingdom. Paul wrote this in Romans 14, 17. He said, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink or physical things, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. He's saying seek righteousness, seek peace, and seek joy in the Holy Spirit. Those are the true riches of God. And then go on your way and I'll take care of the rest. Seek my kingdom. Seek my righteousness. Seek me first. And I'll take care of all that other mess that's going on in your life. Seek First, the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Seek peace. Seek joy in the Holy Spirit. Focus on the righteousness that's found in me. Seek the peace and pray for it and the joy that comes from the Holy Ghost. And then watch me move supernaturally. Number two, lust in the heart hinders all your prayers. You have not because you ask not. And when you do ask, then you do not receive because you ask amiss or in error that you may consume it on your own lust. 
talking about the believer who has a lust problem with this raging heart. If you have a sin in your life or a raging battle of sin, how in the world can you receive peace? How is God going to give you peace? He wouldn't even want to give you peace because He doesn't want you to keep living in sin. He's not going to let you feel good about sin going on in your life. He's not going to give you any peace until you confess that sin and then He's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That prodigal confessed his sin back in the pig pen. He got up. He said, I'm a sinner. I've sinned against heaven and against my Father. I'm going home. Maybe He'll receive me back. Well, yeah, He'll receive you back. He came running down the road. He didn't even let Him get it out of His mouth and He forgave Him. And that's what he'll do for you and when you do immediately peace will flood your system some of you don't have peace and joy because there's sin in your life some of you are toying with besetting sin some of you are playing with fire and you're coming to the house of God and you're going to other places and God still calls sin sin and he loves you And He wants you here. But you'll never have peace and you'll never have joy until you realize that is a false peace. And you're going to continue to live in terror until you you allow God to take that thing out of your life and say, I don't want this sin anymore. And when you come into this house void of offense, there's joy in the house of the Lord today. But if not, you're in terror, you're in fear, you're always hiding, afraid somebody's going to see you and know what you do at home by yourself. How do I know I've been there? Number three, and lastly, nothing can be appropriated without faith. Listen to what he says. If any of you lacks wisdom, James says, James 1 and 5, let him ask God who gives to all liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him. How many times does he have to say, ask, and it will be given to you? I mean, I sadly, I'm preaching to myself because I have believed so many lies. I have not appropriated the love of God, the mercy of God, the forgiveness of God, the, the kindness of God. I've lived in such dread and misery and fear and chopping wood and working. And I've wanted the party. I've wanted the rest. Guess what? I'm getting to the place where I'm saying, no more, no more. You own the cattle on a thousand hills. I'm throwing myself a party. I'm going to have a party. And here's what he says, but let him ask in faith. Without doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Listen, unwavering faith means the the question has been settled. God wants me to have peace. God does not want my heart weighed down miserable. And you come to the place where you recognize what God is saying is true. He does want me joyous. He does want to appropriate his joy to my life. He does want to give me peace. He does want to fill me with his life and his power and his spirit. And so, God, I'm coming to you. I believe that promise. And I'm asking you. And I'm going to wait patiently until you give it to me. And one day you're going to be like when I walked out of pornography. 
And I tried and failed and tried and failed and tried and failed and promised and couldn't and did this and did that. And all of a sudden I'm begging God and I'm saying, God, I'm, I need your help. I need your power. I promise you nothing anymore. I have nothing to give you. I have no strength. I have no ability. I have nothing. If I'm left to myself, I want it so bad. I want it so bad. I'll choose it over you. Dear God, I know it's wrong. I know you're right. Please help me. And guess what? all of a sudden one day you find yourself that you've just walked out of that place and you don't know how you've walked out of that place. You just wake up with peace. You just wake up with joy. You just wake up with strength. Wait, I asked for it. And I've knocked and I've sought. And finally, God, yes. Uh, yes. Romans 4.20. This is it, for real. Close the Bible. Close the book. Romans 4.20. He's speaking to Abraham who did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief but was strengthened in faith. Giving glory to God. Just believe and praise Him until it comes. And being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for him as righteousness. Now, it was not written for his sake alone, but it was imputed to him. But also for us, it shall be imputed to us who believe in him, who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offense and was raised because of our trans. Our, our justification, raised because of our justification. Uh, that was not written just to Abraham, it's written to you and to me. Nothing is ever received or comes from the storehouse of heaven without faith. Folks, without faith, it's impossible to please God. If I cannot, I can't convince you of this message today. I can't convince you that you need the joy of the Lord. I can't, my wife tried. She got joy everywhere in the house. She's talking joy, 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 joy. And I, and I used to get miserable, 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 and it made me mad, 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 mad because I wanted to stew. And I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm a preacher. And, I, and I'm just kind of ticked off a little bit by it. But it's getting worked into my heart now. And I want it. I want it. I'm tired of looking in the window at my wife prodigal in there dancing. I want it for myself. I'm getting it. And so, so it's, and it has to be a work of the Holy Spirit. Maybe my wife's been praying the Holy Spirit would give it to me or show it to me. But he finally is. And so if it's not real right now, I would say ask the Holy Spirit to make it real. Help, ask Him to help. Say, just say, Jesus, I don't want to live this way anymore. There's no peace in my soul. There's no joy in my soul. I'm grumpy. I'm angry. I'm miserable. I'm not a pleasant spouse to my, to my family. Uh, my children see no joy in my life. They only see angry and misery and, 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 and despair and gloom. And I'm tired of being a poor, the people at my work, all they hear is complaining. Complaining about the boss, complaining about the job, complaining about who gets off, complaining about this and complaining about that. And God, I'm tired of being a poor advertisement for Jesus. I want your joy even in the midst of bad circumstances. I don't want to live this way anymore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father. 
Lord, many of us have been on the outside looking in. And we lack the, joy, the righteousness, the joy, the peace in the Holy Ghost. God, they're faithful Christians coming to this church for years, working in this church. Know they're forgiven, but no joy. Totally robbed by the enemy of this joy that you want us to have, God. This victory, this celebration. Just carrying this disappointment, God, that you're constantly disappointed with us. Carrying this guilt, carrying this fear, always condemned, thinking they can never please God. And God, you want us to have peace now. You want us to have joy. And what did you say? You said, ask and you shall receive. But you got to ask in faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, when we, when we as your people encounter you, God, there's a joy a joyful response. Everywhere in the Word of God, when I saw people encounter Jesus, oh, the prude Pharisees on the outside looking in, no, they didn't have any joy. But the blind man who just got his sight, oh, you couldn't keep him down. The lame man, the deaf man, the dumb man, the demoniac, the woman at the well who had had five husbands and now the one that she's living with is not her husband. Oh, the woman caught in adultery. Zacchaeus. Peter, James, John, Andrew, you couldn't stop the joy that when they encountered the presence of God. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, to be in the presence of God is to find delight. And there's joy. We're joy. Rejoice. Paul wrote in the Lord always from a prison cell. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the days of COVID. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the days of, uh, of difficulty. And again, I say rejoice. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. So Father, we just pray that Lord, that we wouldn't leave here the same. That some would choose, like Nana, to say, I'm not outside anymore. I'm busting through that door. And I'm coming in to the party. And I'm having a party myself. I'm having a feast. And so if that's you today, if that is you, and you carry disappointment, you've been robbed by the enemy through fear, through, through worry, through condemnation, through guilt, through anger, through whatever, then, then I'm, just, I'm just begging you to come, come. Come into the house. Come into the, come into the party. Come into the riches of Christ. Ask Him. Ask and it'll be given. Seek and you shall not find. Some of you, the reason you don't have it is you've been looking in the wrong places. You've been looking for love in all the wrong places. You've been looking for it in wine, women, and song. You've been looking for love. You, you're looking for happiness. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. You ain't going to get it in Netflix. You're not going to get it in the new movie, Disney movie that comes out. You're not going to give it in the latest thing. You're going to be miserable right after it. Joy, you're, you're going to have a minute of happiness and it's fleeting. But if you get the joy of the Lord, it's going to be your strength and it's going to carry you through anything. So why don't you ask him for the peace?
the joy, the righteousness, and that you can appropriate the love of God. So this altar's open. I, I, I'm just going to for a moment, and then we'll close. If you got to go, you're welcome to go, but we're going to hang out for a minute, and we're going to just sing a song, and just uh, let's just rejoice in the Lord for a few moments. You don't have to do cartwheels. Just let your heart sing, and let your heart smile, and let your heart rejoice. And why don't you just come on into the party?